Hi, I'm Alan. Hi, this is Dionysus. Hi, I'm Kyle. And hi, this is Breaker, and you're listening to Magic Hour, a podcast about all things Treasure Dow. When you say weth, do, do you say weth, obviously, or do you say weth? We're and talking about wrapped Ethereum. Wrapped Ethereum. I say, I think I say weth. I, I say weth too, but I also say eth uh, yeah. as opposed to eth. It makes, oh man. <laughs> yeah. Now it's it's very weird. Weath doesn't really make a lot of sense. It just roll off the tongue. Weath. Yeah. It's like, it's a, that makes more, that makes more sense. Yeah. But yeah, I, I don't know. So whenever I hear F, I kind of like feel like, not like cringe. It just like, it irks me. It's like not, it doesn't sound right. Yeah, no, it doesn't sound right at all. Yeah. I guess we just got to call it wrapped ether. Yeah, I, I like that. Wrapped ether. It's like cooler. <laughs> oh, Oh, hey, friend. Sorry. Uh, we were just talking about the uh, intricacies of the English language, but uh, welcome to another episode of Magic Hour. Uh, it's just me and Dion today, but later on in the episode, we have the Magic Dragon Dow team, which I think you're going to find very interesting. And now let's dive into the news and notes presented by Digital Strategies Guild, producers of the Magic Podcast. Uh, we appreciate their efforts. Um, Dion, what's on your radar this week? Yeah, I have, a, I have a couple news and notes. They're uh, a little bit more quick hits than usual. But the first one is, it was John Patton's birthday recently. I think that we should give him a quick birthday shout out. Without him, there would be no treasure and therefore no magic hour. So happy birthday, John. Happy birthday, John. Well, happy belated birthday, John, because this will yes. be coming out a week after your birthday. That's right. And be thankful that we're not singing for you right now. I don't think anybody would want to hear that. I have a terrible voice, so that would that would definitely not be good. The second on my list is Knights of the Ether. As of uh, Monday the 25th, I want to say, mm-hmm. have officially um, added squires to the treasure marketplace. So if you want to participate in the questing on the Arbitrum network, you'll need to pick yourself up a squire, which you can get from the treasure marketplace. And you'll also need a, a knight, which you can get from OpenSea or Looks Rare or your uh, favorite NFC marketplace of choice. There are so many of them. <laughs> um, do I have to have both a knife and a squire? That's a really good question. So you need at least one knight to participate in the quests in the Arbitrum network, but you can have like one knight and like two squires or three, etc. I guess that makes sense because a squire without a knight wouldn't be a squire technically. That's right. Guys, this is medieval historical understanding. Get with it, okay? (laughs) What else do you have? Or is that it? I think the third thing on the list is smalls have recently stopped their treasure farming on the moon. I, I hope that you took your smalls out and we have some more information to come on, on that from the team. But get excited because I think there's going to be some movement in smalls at some point in the near future. I think by the time this episode comes out, there should be an, an announcement being made. Um, and I'll, I'll touch on that in my news and notes. But first, I wanted to talk about the fact that we have an announcement of Realm Season 2, and everybody who's participating in Realm has been advised to stay, unstake their Realms as of May 1st, or else uh, it seems like you might lose it. So I highly advise you, if you're playing Realm, to unstake your Realms. The other thing that I wanted to talk about was you might have been hearing a lot of FUD lately about 
treasure and a lot of hype and not much delivering on that hype you know it's it's more about like just hinting and teasing and and you can only hint and tease so much and i think that we've heard a lot of rumblings in the discords about people's unhappiness about the teasing no one likes to be teased and so today in in the one discord treasure channel that we have garp stopped by and he kind of cleared the air a little bit and he said that they are working uh their heads down he hopes that he said that they are building a marketing and pr team to address these communication challenges and we should be seeing some improvements soon he also said there will be an announcement by the end of april we also understand that bridge world 2.0 is being announced soon as well so it should be exciting by the time this podcast is out because i think this podcast episode launches in may right Mm -hmm. so we should know more by then but this will be a very interesting episode if nothing happens (laughs) i have faith i have faith too yeah um but more importantly, you know, I think, Dion, I know you weren't there for the interview, but uh, the Magic Dragon Dow guys were really, really entertaining. And uh, I hope you uh, enjoy them. I hope everyone else enjoys them. And uh, thanks for listening to the pod this week. Ladies and gentlemen, listeners out there in Treasure Dow, we have wonderful guests for you today. We have a number of members from the Magic Dragon Dow, Dyson and KVK are here to tell us about their project, as well as how they got into crypto, what what they enjoy about magic, what brought them here. And I think you're really going to enjoy this interview. So Thank thank you for having us. Thank you very much. You're welcome. It, it's it's great to have you on. Uh, we're really excited about having you here. Um, before we get to start uh, to talking about your project and Magic Dragon Dow and how it relates to magic, I really want to know how you guys got into crypto in the first place, Web3, if you want to call it that. Uh, I think it's really interesting hearing everybody's different stories. And usually Alum is the one who really drives this particular piece of information. But, you know, what what brought you to the space in general? Yeah. Um, so maybe about, uh, I mean, I was always aware, uh, sort of what crypto was, but never actually, uh, you know, you know, did, uh, DeFi or investments, but maybe about two years ago, I had a friend that just kept on, you know, drilling at me, you know, invest 5%, invest 5% and then don't, don't talk about it. So I started doing some centralized exchange investments, things like that. And then maybe about a year and a half ago, I had a friend who's actually one of the other core members of uh, MDD uh, net. I was with him during a conference, uh, just with him as a, as a friend. And uh, he started explaining how Olympus Ohm worked. And uh, uh, he also uh, sort of explained a little bit how some of these protocols and ecosystems and communities worked. And I thought they were a little bit crazy. So uh, <laughs> I, I ended up, you know, learning a lot about DeFi through Ohm uh, last year over the summer and into the fall. Yeah, I mean, if, to most people out there uh, who aren't familiar with Web3, it does sound a little bit crazy, especially when you start talking about NFTs and their wild valuations. Um, so that's pretty understandable. But so Ohm Forks were your kind of your original foray into this space, so to speak. Yeah, uh, Ohm, Ohm was it and sort of going into the 
question of NFTs, my friend, uh, he actually just sent me a uh, NFT. Uh, he, he owed me a touch of money and he said, here, take this uh, as just like a, a thing. And there's a, there's a saying you, you learn a lot about by something when you own it. And I just started figuring out, uh, getting interested about what I owned. And I started making NFT projects, just like putting them on OpenSea just to see how that would work. And I thought this was interesting. But uh, I just did a lot of reading and a lot of uh, time on crypto Twitter. And yeah, I just spent a lot of time trying to figure out what I was doing uh, over the past uh, year and a half. And that's sort of how we, how I got here. Right on. And and just as a follow-up question to that, do you have any... Uh, What's your background? Are you more a finance, software engineer, um, n- none of the above? Uh, I've uh, spent a lot of time around software. I've been building uh, software products um, specifically from a uh, product manager perspective for mm-hmm. probably my whole uh, professional career, I guess. Product managers and project managers are really important, I think, in any software development. So I think you know, you're probably in the right space for this type of thing. For sure, and I think that there's plenty of opportunity for you. KVK, what about you? Uh, do you have a similar story, or how did you get into Web three? Yeah, I would say I'm the crypto class of about 2016. Um, <laughs> you know, I I just got into it. Uh, I had a friend that I went to school with. And, uh, she had met someone at a local event that was doing a crypto startup. She started working for them. She hit me up. She said, "Hey, do you want to, you know, work with me?" And I said, sure, that sounds easy. You know, I don't have to interview. I don't have to do anything like that. Um, And it was, you know, we were building the kind of stuff that was hot in 2016, which is a lot different than it than it is today. Small team, about six, seven people. I I learned a lot of stuff on the job. Since then, I have done a few different projects and startups around the space, co-founded a couple different projects that have uh, tokens live now under my docs personality. And yeah, it's it's been fun. I've worked for large crypto companies. I've worked for startups. I have solo projects. And, you know, as for Treasure, I got into NFTs in like late 2020, I'd say. Um, You know, kind of like i remember 2017 it's kind of funny i I totally had no vision right because i remember when crypto kitties were a really big deal but to me they were a big deal in the context that i was trying to do a bunch of stuff on ethereum and they were like congesting the network so like my memory of nfts in 2017 was like gas fees are so high because everyone's minting these fucking kitties i remember i remember that too i actually have a bunch (laughs) of crypto kitties i i remember even kind of looking up all the different traits and trying to figure out how i could get like the rarer kitties and yeah what 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 bothers me the most is that there's so many that they're not even that valuable now even though they're some of the first nfts (laughs) yeah i know it's kind of funny. Um, so yeah, like that, that was 2017. You know, I stuck around through 2018, 2019. You know, I was kind of uh, working in, you could call like big or like centralized crypto at the mm-hmm. time. 2020, around DeFi summer, I decided I kind of want to like work on my own projects. And then I mentioned like NFTs kind of came around again. And I kind of realized, hey, there's really something here. And then by the time of, you know, summer of 2021, when everything was going crazy, you know, I was like many people spending hours and hours a day on OpenSea, thinking about how to make generational wealth from Penguin <laughs> JPEGs, you know, it's kind of a funny time. But you know, I was uh, I was right there on loot, I did pretty well on loot. And then I kind of like figured, Oh, well, loot did pretty well, let me buy a bunch of these N. 
right. and did not do as well, <laughs> but I ended up staking them for magic, right? So that's right. kind of how I found out about Treasure Dell. Uh-huh. And that turned out to be an amazing play. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, the end, the end was worth it after all. And then, you know, I uh, I just kind of started following the project. And I am uh, I I have um, a different project over in, like, kind of the Cosmos ecosystem. So I'd mm-hmm. actually heard about uh, John from there. And I right. kind of realized, hey, you know, I know that guy. Like, I should pay closer attention to this project. And, you know, it's been really, really cool. I mean, I've seen lot of crypto projects like try to build their communities and everything like that and treasure i think is really really unique in terms of the type of community that's built up around it it's organic it brought in a lot of really smart passionate people a lot of really imaginative people and um you know one of the things that i think is really powerful is you know however the market is doing up or down it looks like everybody wants to build and everybody is like really stoked to build the next thing so that's exciting for me too and um as far as my background i an engineer so i'm a dev i write smart contracts and uh, it's been really fun to build in this space and write smart contracts like for the treasure ecosystem so that's that's kind of me i'm you know just a guy that is having fun in crypto and is lucky enough to be doing that well i i can appreciate that and and i'm lucky enough to be able to do that as well i'm not an engineer unfortunately i wish i was because I would, I I have all these smart contract ideas and I just, I just want to learn how to build right now so that I can hopefully execute on some of them in the future, but really cool. And, uh, I think that, uh, I agree with you about how awesome this space is that everybody wants to build and that there are a lot of talented people. And one of the things that I think about a lot is Ethereum. People always talked about how it was always the play because it had the most developers working on that particular blockchain. Now, obviously, now things are spread out and there's a lot more development going on in lots of different L2s and and other ecosystems. But when I think about Magic and TreasureDAO, it's kind of very similar. There's It's not that there aren't many different spaces that people are building in, but there are a lot of people building within the magic ecosystem, which I think is bullish for magic, as well as someone's going to really hit on something, just statistically speaking, right? If we have 100 different projects, at least one of them is going to be something really popular, I think. Yeah, I, I mean, I think we're already kind of seeing that. There's a lot of people, it seems like to me in Treasure, that have, that are new to the space or new to NFTs, being on Arbitrum mm-hmm. and everything with low gas fees, I think is really important to that too. So, you know, all these ecosystem projects, right? What we're right. doing, uh, you know, life, everything else that's been coming out, um, I definitely agree that like you talk about, you know, which project is going to bring another, you know, 10 million users into crypto. I think Treasure has a great shot of that. Certainly, certainly, uh, you know, and especially at the price point, too, because I think with some of the more popular projects that we see right now, they are so incredibly overpriced that it, it represents a huge barrier to entry for anyone who wants to try and get in. Yeah. But I digress, you know, we're, we're here to talk about uh, Magic and Magic Dragon DAO. So how did you how did you guys come up with the idea for Magic Dragon DAO? Was it something you always thought about from the day you started messing around with Magic? Or did it kind of come about after, say, the Atlas Mine was launched and Bridgeworld uh, started to become kind of the go-to for a lot of people? Yeah, you know, we um we saw a message. I think a lot of people have seen this message from uh, John that posted um, on Twitter. He was kind of like, who's going to become the convex of the magic ecosystem? So that was kind of uh, the 
genesis like of kind of the idea and then as far as how did we start working on it myself uh net purveyor who's one of our other founders ato who's one of our other founders and monk we all are in kind of like a, a private discord normal like alpha group trading type stuff and we had all kind of like talked about magic for a while when the atlas mine came out we kind of discovered that we have a really good you know combination of skills and resources you know i had for instance you know a bunch of magic but i didn't have any legions or treasures or anything like that net had a bunch of legions and treasure uh, and treasures and had a lot of really good ideas and um you know he was a designer ato and dyson are kind of products and tokenomics guys and i'm a dev so it was a good kind of mismatch of skills or matching of skills and we just kind of decided hey we see this kind of path to building something that looks a lot like the convex of magic we recognize this like staking pool idea and how it could expand in the future once harvesters come out and new game mechanics came out and we just kind of like set to building it right and you know i think there are a lot of things that are kind of on the roadmap they're going to make this like a really more interesting and dynamic project than just a single staking pool a lot of ways the kind of uh you know quote unquote, like resources of the dragon are going to flow back into the ecosystem. But, you know, we saw an opportunity, I think, to build something that was really exciting, you know, for the market, for the smaller player who doesn't have, you know, a bunch of NFTs. I'm one of those uh, smaller players. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So we were, you know, just in a good position to build it. We kind of, it kind of worked out well. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I, and uh, you know, I was looking at it today. You have something like uh, nineteen million U.S. dollars worth of magic staked, I believe. And uh, fluctuates depending on the price, obviously. Yeah. Oh yeah, 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 certainly. But as of today, which is on the low end, if if we're considering where things have been going with the the magic token right now, but sure. that's still pretty awesome. It seems like there's um, a lot of interest in your project, so. I think that's really great and and I I think it's great that you guys are doing this not not just because it's something else for magic but we're exploring different ways that we can build in this ecosystem that may not have been attempted before. You know, this is integrating NFTs into yield farming which is kind of uncharted territory for a little, for for the most part. Would you agree? Or yeah. am I completely wrong there? I, well, I mean, you curious what you think, KVK, but from like a, a launch perspective, I think we were the first to, to sort of come to do this. I think we did it fairly quickly. Uh, I think we had the idea at around the February time and we launched after like six, around 60 days after. But, you know, others in the space are, are putting out products, uh, semi similarly. Those with certain assets, uh, ask, themselves how can they best utilize it and we'll see what what else comes up so yeah that's my answer i'm curious what you think kvk yeah you know um nfts are a really interesting uh point i think and not just in treasure but in like kind of the ecosystem as a whole you know in 2021 punks art blocks that was kind of like truly jpeg season right now mm-hmm. a lot of the NFTs you see becoming popular um, have utility around them, you know, whether it's helping you get emissions of a certain token or private Discord access or, you know, who knows, next month someone will probably think up something new in terms of NFT utility. So I do think that like Treasure was really early to that trend mm-hmm. in terms of the ways that 
NFTs improve staking. We hope to, you know, kind of have future projects too that really build on that trend too. So yeah, it, it's really cool. I was, um, you know, I kind of like consider myself like even a, like a bit more of a DeFi guy than an NFT guy. So it's really cool to be able to apply a lot of kind of like DeFi ideas to this kind of interesting space where DeFi and NFTs are starting to get kind of more tightly integrated and everything. So mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's um, that's me. Yeah, uh, that's a great answer, and mm. and I agree. I think that uh, it's really interesting to see the cross the crossover between DeFi and NFTs. I'm excited to see where it goes to. And you're right, utility is is paramount. That's what people are seeking right now. Yeah, you know, just I, I kind of want to go on a little bit of a tangent here with your project. You know, lore wise, dragons uh, and fantasy. I'm a big fantasy guy. Um, they are the I guess the big enemy, if you will, if you played World of Warcraft, you know, dragons were like the big boss. If you read The Hobbit, you know, or Lord of the Rings, there was definitely dragons there that were hoarding treasures. Uh, This question actually comes from Dion, who couldn't make it today, but he wanted to know, do you guys consider yourselves the villains in this Treasure Dow ecosystem from a, a lore perspective? Well, just to, from the origination of the idea, we knew we were trying to go after like a you know the idea of hoarding treasure and, and mm-hmm. we were thinking mm-hmm. what hoards treasure and uh, we you know we came to the idea of dragons dragons hoard treasure and that's what we've been running with we were you know pretty lucky to get such great a great you know design language and good assets and that's and that's been what we've been going after from from a villain perspective i think about this uh, in two ways you could you could ask yourselves like are we the dragon or are we like as, as the disciples going after the dragon. So uh, I, I don't think, and purposely, I don't know if we've made that clear yet, actually, that uh, are we representing the dragon or is the goal like disciples, you know, earn something from the dragon? And this is something that will, you know, as time goes on, develop further. But from a, is MDD like a villain of the system? I think this is where it obviously gets a bit more dicey. Uh, I think we don't, we don't think so as, as a, you know, at least we would try to say, uh, we try to be open and we could talk about this a bit more uh, later in, in, in the podcast, but we try not to be. Uh, and, and from like a, a lore perspective, the dragon uh, could be evil, but I guess it's just its rep- representation in the moment of uh, are we part of the dragon or are we, are we the dragon? So hope that gives some light on that. Uh, it certainly does. And I like, I like that kind of theoretical question. Um, I'm going to ponder on it a little bit after this because I think that that's an interesting approach. And thank you for suggesting that. I, I love doing these interviews because I get I get to hear from the builders and the creators and all of a sudden these new ideas are presented to me that I may not have considered before. So I appreciate that. But I also appreciate that you're embracing the lore of it all. And that makes me feel warm and fuzzy because I, you know that's the way I saw you guys too. Not as villains, so to speak, but more as like the hoarding, the creature that hoards all this treasure and the magic and you know i i remember in your i think your sixth podcast maybe or one of them you mentioned that you had an idea in the future once once these games start getting bu- getting built out that uh, people um i forgot what you said exactly but something like people would fight the dragon and once they beat the dragon all the treasures are revealed to the disciples of the ecosystem i thought that was a, a neat idea yeah no i i mean thank you for that i appreciate that but yeah that's that's kind of something that i feel fits from a lore perspective you know we're all we're all kind of questing in 
in uh, the treasure dial right now, whether it's through Bridge World or your Smalls or what have you. But you know, to to achieve something great, you know, would be to like slay the dragon, so to speak. And I think that canonically, that would be pretty cool if we could slay the magic dragon dao and receive a reward somehow. Uh, I don't know how it would be done. Um, because obviously there's plenty of people in Magic Dragon Dao that would be very much against the fact that all the yield would be distributed to the people destroying it. But it would be cool to see if something came of that. But uh, I appreciate not only that you remembered that I spoke about that, but you were listening to the pod as well. So thank you. <laughs> thank yeah. you for that. We appreciate that. We, we definitely, I mean, we could talk about this later, but we definitely have eyes and ears around uh, the ecosystem about uh, whenever MDD comes up. So. It's always nice to hear someone mention us, and we'll spend that time listening to it all. Cool. Yeah. And then, as far as bringing a... the dra the dragon into other games, you know, like other games within the the treasure ecosystem, mm -hmm. I think you might see something like that soon. You know, the dragon beyond MDD can like might be a character. You might be able to fight the dragon, like you said, or make a deal with the dragon. You know, we're planning on having a lot more than just a staking pool. I love that. I love that. Yeah, I can I can see what you're saying now. So like, let's let's take. Um, we were just talking about Knights of the Ether. So like, there might be a dragon character, and the MDD might fund the reward pool out of that. And if the players get together and destroy the dragon, they all get to reap the rewards or something like that. And from a outsider perspective, that's kind of like seeding a project, so to speak. It's like, is there enough activity to bring? more investment into this project almost really really interesting thinking about how how these things will all work in the future but i i get excited about this kind of stuff i just want i want more active gameplay though that's that's my big thing i uh i'm a big gamer at heart and you know play to earn is cool but right now it's just a lot of point and click I've been just following you guys for a while now and what you guys have been doing. And one question that I feel like everyone would want to know as well, as we venture forward into, you know, more flywheel mechanics that we see along with different projects that are also creating it as well. And just how it just is starting to differentiate little by little between each project. Um, specifically speaking on just Magic Dragon Dao, like what are you guys doing different in terms of your pool per se? Um, in terms of Battleflies Bank that they just recently came up with, or Realms Flywheel Systematics that they are also including now as well. And in terms of speaking on a mechanical perspective as well, in terms of your staking mechanics, how does realistically just in general, how is mad how does Magic Dragon Dow work in terms of mechanical perspective, in terms of you know just the entire um flow state of the mechanics that you guys have involved within your DAO and just in different, how does it differentiate between what other projects are doing within their flywheels? So it's, it's really simple. You come with magic, you stake in the pool, and it works like in an Atlas mine uh, two-week lock. So, you know, right now the APRs we're able to offer are the fully boosted NFT stake um, with a two-week lock. So that's kind of phase one. That's what we call our tempting offer pool. Um, and I'll talk about how that's a little bit different from other things in the ecosystem. And then I'll try to move towards, you know, what our, our future plans are. Um, I think the big difference between us and, and Battlefy's flywheel is that we really serve different segments of the ecosystem. So 
you know, we're trying to make something that helps the smaller player. Our median uh, deposit in the Atlas mine is under a thousand magic, or our median deposit in our staking pool is under a thousand magic. Um, we have a lot of people that have been, you know, priced out of legions and everything like that, um, staking with us. And, you know, we're really happy to serve that segment and like grow that community and, and build loyalty that way. Battleflies Flywheel is for other partner projects in the ecosystem, which is also really, really important. So, you know, if you want to design a game and you need magic emissions to be part of your game, that's, you know, somewhere where you might want to go to Battleflies Flywheel to kind of earn those magic emissions and get it in that way. If you're an individual or you are simply someone that's like looking for the best yield on your magic, like maybe you're a fund or, you know, someone that has a long-term investment in the ecosystem, you're going to want to go with, with MDD because there's one, it's, it's open to all, it's permissionless. Two, the APRs are very clear and the mechanics are very clear of how it works. Basically fully boosted NFT stake in the Atlas mine. And you have kind of full control over how much to put in, what to put out. We're not asking anything of our depositors from like, a, this is what we need from you perspective in terms of access or in terms of, you know, investment in our, our partner projects. We're really open to all. And if you have a thousand magic or if you have a million magic, we work the exact same way. In the future, like I'll, I'll talk a little bit about how our mechanics are going to expand. At the Atlas Mine isn't going to be the only source of magic emissions forever, right? We're all really excited for the launch of Harvesters, and I'm sure the rest of the community is too. And this is going to be our opportunity to really go deeper into like, what does it mean to be the convex of magic? And what MDD will be offering is essentially sort of a blended yield project product. And what does that mean? That means we have a bunch of data people that are going to be able to figure out how much emissions can we get from the harvesters given our resources? You know, the two one of ones we have are all classes, our treasures. Um, how much emissions can we get from the Atlas mine based on our resources? What's the best way to allocate those resources to kind of generate a global uh, maximum emissions capture, right? So maybe you have a one of one in a harvester and an Atlas mine, or maybe you have two one of ones and separate harvesters. And eventually, all the ways we use our resources to capture yield across all of the different aspects of Bridgeworld will be wrapped up into one blended yield token, which we're calling DR Magic. For those who are familiar with Convex, that's kind of the equivalent to CVX CRV um, in the Convex ecosystem. It's like a wrapped magic token with the yield built in. So it's going to be pretty cool. It's 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 going to be something where you pledge your magic to the dragon and you essentially say that you want to, you know, play the game with MDD. And MDD is going to be, again, playing the game of Bridgeworld to figure out how to maximize yield. So sometimes it's going to be staking. Sometimes that's going to be using legions for crafting, for instance, so we can stake more in harvesters. You know, maybe in the future we'll, you know, want to be summoning for some new aspect of the game. But when you essentially pledge your magic to MDD in return for DR magic, you're saying that you want to play the game with MDD and that your DR magic is going to earn you the yield that MDD earns by playing the game. And then the next thing is, what does it really mean to like play the game with MDD? Are you just like, you know, trusting some anons to be able to figure out what the best way to capture emissions are? In the future, we're going to actually have a native governance token that gives everybody who has a stake in MDD 
the rights to decide how we want to adopt new bridge world strategies, right? So Mm -hmm. the kind of long-term plan is you pledge your magic to the dragon, you earn DR magic, you get yield from the DR magic, you stake DR magic to earn MDD. That MDD gives you a governance say in the guild as far as how the guild should capture missions and blend yield or maybe even distribute NFTs that they craft to earn to MDD stakers. And that's kind of the long-term vision. So it's really a collaborative way to play the game of Bridgeworld kind of with the dragon. And once our governance token releases, releases have, you know, say for anyone as far as how that game should be played. So, so that's kind of the grand vision of our mechanics that are going to be coming probably pretty soon after we see harvesters come to market. That was great. Great answer. Uh, yeah. That was nice. I, mean, I, love that. I like I like where you're where you guys are going with this. Um, you know, I'm excited to see what happens with when Harvesters release. It sounds like there's going to be quite the competition between a lot of these projects to create the first Harvesters. And I know that originally in the white paper they said there will only be six Harvesters. So I think that's really going to create a lot of competition. Uh, just to be clear, yep. based on what you guys were saying, if you wanted to stake your magic and you were a small staker, it sounds like if you were going to stake for two weeks, you would get better yield going with you guys. But if you were, even if you were a small staker and you had a bunch of treasures, are you better off going with like six months or 12 months if you're interested in that type of staking? Or is it still better to go with you guys? I, I think we did the, I think CJN, uh, we have a data, data maestro on our side and he did the, the lookup that I, it only starts to make sense. If you, if you do have uh, quite a few expensive NFTs at a three month lock, then I think that's the first point in which the break, like that, that break even happens. But keep in mind, you, you're, you're not, your, your liquidity is, is quite low, right? You're, you're locked up for three months. And I'm not sure actually when the, the first time you start earning back is, but with us, our, our plan is to offer the highest liquidity possible right now. So, you know, in 15 days, you have all your magic back plus some. And you can even consider uh, compounding strategies or, you know, whatever you want. Um, so we have some people who compound every other day. Uh, so I, I hope that answers your question. No, it, it definitely does answer my question. I, I recall when uh, you guys first launched that that was one of the kind of discussion topics in Discord, in the Discord that we're in uh, about whether or not it was better off going with Magic Dragon Dow or just staking the Atlas Mine and also concerns that uh, the dragon was going to be taking a lot of the activity from the Atlas mine, but you're still staking within the Atlas mine anyways. So it's, yep. it's yep. still win-win for the user, you know, and the Atlas mine percentage isn't going to go down because magic dragon Dow exists. Yep. I think you, I think if you have an all class, it might be better to do a three or 12 month lock, but anything below that MDD is basically the best you can get. Even with the fee. Yeah. For sure, yeah. Yep. So we 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 provide everything you see on the site is post is post fee. So everything you see is what you earn. Um, we as of now take a twenty four point sixty nine uh, percent percent fee. So whatever you see is what we're actually earning from the Atlas Mine plus plus the fee. I also I think it's worth saying like that fee is not 
going to our pockets, right? The fee has, is being used for DAO operations, rewarding the people that have pledged their treasures and legions to stake with us. So, you know, if for instance, you, we have many people that pledged, uh, you know, honeycombs to stake with us and they are rewarded with part of that fee. Future plans to build out, you know, our own kind of game five project and things like that. That's that's what the fee goes for. So a lot of that, the, most of that fee goes back into the ecosystem. We also have some, you know, operational costs too. Like we just paid for uh, a smart contract audit, which I know is really important to a lot of people as well. So just want to make it clear that like the fee helps MDD and the treasury ecosystem grow. You know, we're not putting any of it really back into our pockets. Yeah. I think a lot of our listeners will understand that too. No, nothing yeah. is done for free around here. Um, even running this podcast has costs associated with it. Um, so, you know, I can, I can completely understand, but you touched on something in, in that answer that I kind of wanted to dive into a little bit further. I didn't know that people have pledged their treasures. I thought the MDD had bought all the treasures and and owned them all. Is that, is that a program that you guys will expand more over time where people can pledge more treasures to the Magic Dragon DAO to earn a portion of the fees that are collected as well. I'll, I'll, I'll let Dyson finish because he probably has less technical and more easy to understand answer. But yeah, we do imagine that. So right now, you know, we have our, our 20 treasures and we have our legions in the Atlas mine. So, you know, there's not a lot of room for additional pledging, but with harvesters, there will be, right? And with new game mechanics, there will be. So we don't only want to offer this like, you know, idea of join the guild, become a member of the guild and pledge your treasures, which is kind of how it works right now. But in the future, we're going to be offering bonding. So we've seen this in other parts of the ecosystem, like for instance, you know, Paragon's DAO on mainnet did this. But, you know, if you, let's say there was a reason that we needed to acquire a lot of Ox Legions, or we needed to acquire, you know, a certain type of treasure, we might offer bonding programs where you can basically sell your nft to the dao in return for discounted mdd like or an mdd bond so you know that's how we plan to kind of source the resources we need in the future in addition to kind of like direct partnerships with owners of resources and we think it's gonna be really cool this is like one of the examples we see of an opportunity to bring like you know interesting DeFi mechanics into the game so you know maybe there's a reason we say okay in the next three weeks we want to acquire you know all the donkeys we can get and if you own a donkey you now are in a situation where you can get additional exposure and influence to mdd at a, a better than market rate via bonding so we think that's a really exciting potential project we can build no, that, that does seem really interesting as a, I mean, I have a, I think I have a grin still and a bunch of other T1 and T2 treasures. I'm kind of interested. Everything for me right now is locked in the Atlas mine. I did a three month lockup, I think when it launched. Um, but when it comes out, I, I'm seriously considering moving over to MDD because it sounds like the prospects there are much, much more uh, economical for me, so to speak. But I'd, I'd love to be able to like kind of stake my honey uh grin excuse me with you guys to potentially earn more yield so i'll be following that closely you know one of the things that we kind of have to be aware of is you guys have a lot of magic that you're collecting now and someone that i was talking to about this recently had mentioned with all that magic you guys have a lot of control over how the treasure dao operates in terms of governance what's your plan in terms of being good, I guess, 
caretakers of the treasure DAO ecosystem with the amount of magic that you have? I, uh, I think this is where uh, what we mentioned a little bit earlier, where once we start moving to like a DAO governance proposal, it's not, it's not even up to KVK and I. Um, it's up to those that are a part of MDD can help make those decisions. Um, that's I think that's one piece how I'd answer that. And the second piece is, I think what we're really trying to do is work close with the uh, the treasure team so that if you are an individual who locks your magic up yourself uh, and, and in return gets something like a, a DR magic, we would like to do some type of pass-through governance voting where it's not even up to us to vote for you. You can still try to do that voting based on your share. So we we don't even want the voting uh, power in that way. Uh, we're, we're, we're trying to be as equal to the ecosystem as possible. These are things that we're trying to, uh, you know, look, look for to ways to provide that power to everyone uh, who, who is a part of MDD. So I hope that uh, that per- that sort of at least gives the view that we're trying to allow those uh, to still keep their voting uh, power. And, and that makes sense. And you know, I don't I don't think you got there would be any plans to not be Hostile good takeovers. <laughs> but I also you know I also am cognizant of let's say you know you are giving all the voting rights to the users of Magic Dragon DAO. But say there's a treasure DAO proposal that would negatively affect Magic Dragon DAO, even even though all the participants have their own voting rights, they likely will all vote in lockstep against something that would negatively affect Magic Dragon DAO. Correct? We hope yeah. so. Yeah. <laughs> so, I, I think I, it's important to remember, like though, this is a game, right? There, there could always be something that happens, um, you know, that affects you know the current status quo we're, mm-hmm. we're ready for that you know we'll we'll build new stuff we know that like act- generally in any sort of like you know game ecosystem active play is rewarded and adapting to the metagame is rewarded so we're ready for that that's fine and yeah you know, i just i just wanted to get that that question out there because <laughs> i think that some people are interested in in your line of thinking and i think it's the right yeah. line of thinking don't get me wrong um yeah. but yeah, people want to know. You know what? I I also had another question. Um, yeah. Based off of, I guess you could say about just touching along the lines of what we're talking about right now, and in terms of just current sentiment, um, when it comes to just you know price activity based off of magic, um, the activity on treasure itself, and um, I mean obviously it's it's to me it's still kind of shocking to know that the main core concept of specifically speaking bridge world is not even out yet like we haven't even seen harvesters out yet and you know so much has happened over the months and it's, it's honestly still blows my mind to this day but specifically speaking on i guess you could say just current market sentiment um the community sentiment how what everyone is i guess you could say feeling and kind of working towards as of right now how does that necessarily affect magic dragon dao and specifically um your plans for the future and what you guys wanted to do specifically speaking in terms of the pool and just the mine and everything like that so from where when we launched we've only launched i think about three to four weeks ago um so just to put that into perspective and i we're relatively new a new uh entrant i guess you could call it into the space here and from our perspective i think we although we tried to you know get our name out and and in the months of february and, and early march you know try to work with everyone i think uh, all in all, we were a bit of like a quiet building team until we launched in uh, in March, and that kind of then, then we kind of got on everyone's radar. I, I I don't know how 
productive a conversation is, is trying to, you know, correlate price with when we launched and things like that. But uh, what I, I, I can say is we, we do watch the ecosystem pretty closely and try to see, you know, if, if where, where, how things change. To the point of the harvesters, we know, at least the treasure team has told us, the, the situation that happened on the marketplace, the exploit, was one of the big delays. And now I think they're trying to be pretty uh, cognizant on when they release this harvester, you know, check things pretty thoroughly there. So I think that's why we're seeing a bit of um, a, a slowish period, I guess you could call it. Yeah, I mean, uh, time in crypto moves pretty quick, uh, pretty quick. I think we've only been doing this for like three or four weeks though. Yeah. And like, there, there are ways that like, you know, MDD's launch has kind of affected the treasure economy. So we're definitely aware of that, right? It's like, you know, the 12 month stakers thought they like, you know, would have made the best possible, you know, decision to maximize their yield by locking for 12 months. You know, I think the treasure team themselves has communicated that like, that's the risk you take when locking for 12 months. But you know, I, I can see how they feel like, man, like now that MDD is out, I'm kind of salty, right? I, I like, I'm not getting the best yield possible, and I don't have the liquidity. So we're aware of that. And I think in some of our future releases, we're going to have some like, special stuff for you know, long-term stakers and, you know, uh, Genesis Legion holders and some fun goodies. So I think, I think people should, you know, keep an eye out for that. If they're one of those people, we might, uh, you know, have something fun for you. That's pretty cool. Uh, I, I like that you're, you're kind of taking the approach that, you know, it's not, well, you stayed for 12 months. Sorry. It's more like, how can we help everybody win? I, I love that. Yeah. We try to listen to the feedback, um, and th- that was one of the pieces that we heard, and we knew we could act on. It- it's a better response than sorry, I guess. <laughs> for sure, for <laughs> sure. But but it also shows that you know you're willing to kind of be flexible and look to innovate as much as possible, which makes sense because you guys are builders. So I mean, I would expect you to do the- those types of things. You know, I know that I know that you guys recently had your contract audit. Uh, who did you audit them with, by the way? I'm just curious. It's a, it's a group called Omnisia. Omnisia. They, okay. uh, we, a, we looked at them because uh, we had a, we had a friend there, and, and b, they did a lot of the audits uh, and lookovers for uh, Convex. So we thought that would be a pretty, you know, similar uh, familiarity reason. Uh, they mm-hmm. also did other big protocols like Ohm, Olympus Ohm, and Tokamak, and among other things. So. They provided us the best time and as well as context, uh, contextual. Uh, um, so that's why we went with them. Awesome. And if you don't mind me asking, what were the results of that audit and how long do you think it will take to implement any of the changes that they suggested? In progress. Right, uh, uh, yeah. we're, we're, we are um, hope to be able to implement the changes like, you know, this this week. I'm, I'm actively working on it with the other devs in the Discord. Um, the audit was very good. It was very thorough. And they recognized a few like gas optimizations, um, ways to improve user friendliness. So we were very happy with the results of it. Once everything is implemented and, you know, upgraded, then we will share the audit with the, with the public. So, you know, we're, we're looking forward to doing that too. And we know that's something that a lot of people are kind of looking for is, you know, they need to know that it's been audited in order to make a large deposit or make a deposit at all. So we are, you know, working tirelessly behind the scenes to implement all the suggested changes um, and make and make the audit public. So everyone can, you know, the, that level of confidence from having an external like professional auditor look at it. 
Absolutely. And I guess it makes sense that you wouldn't release the audit in case there are any potential exploits that people would take advantage of. Well, we we just don't want to like say, hey, we have a bunch of stuff and it's not it's unfixed. Right. And, you know, there was there was nothing like uh, like nothing major. Like there's not there's nothing at risk right now or we would be treating it much differently. Obviously, Uh, we make sure that we removed any risk vectors right away. So, yeah, well, everyone will see kind of what was covered and how it was alleviated. It's more just the fact that, like, we want to make it clear by the time we put it out that, hey, this is already fixed, not a concern. And the auditor has looked at our fixes and also said that those fixes, you know, are acceptable to them. So that's kind of the process we're in right now is we got some initial kind of comments. We're making the fixes, then we're going to send them back to Omnisha so that they say we like these fixes or, you know, give us whatever feedback is appropriate. Um, something I just wanted to add there and some of the larger players in the space have done this. If you are interested in um, depositing with MDD, but still are a little bit curious about like what our contract does, we we do sort of hand walk through people um, if it makes sense. Um, yep. So that's something if, if you are a large player in the space and you are waiting for an audit, but would like to get more context, just uh, reach out to us. We uh happy to literally go through the code with you. Um, yeah. So I'm just offering that to those in the space that are still a little bit sheepish. Yeah. And I yeah. I guess one more thing too. Uh, the contract is verified on, on Arboscan, so anybody can read the code. And if there are other devs in the space that look at the contract and, you know, might notice something, you know, we'd love to hear about it. So we're in the process of developing like a, a formal bug bounty program. Uh, but even, you know, right now, informally, we would make sure to definitely work and encourage people to take a look for themselves and report any findings to us. Break us. <laughs> Break us. I love that. You know, I appreciate that you guys are all builders and have been in this space for quite some time, uh, recognizing that uh, you've worked on some larger DeFi projects. What would you say for any kind of builders out there who are just getting started or want to get started in this space? Uh, what what would be the best advice that you would give them right now with what you've learned so far? DM me and I'll give you some <laughs> stuff to work on. Right on. <laughs> yeah, I, so, uh... so, so you're saying don't work on your project, work on my project. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Okay. So, so seriously, like one of the, the, the big piece of advice I could give, um, and I'm going to speak for specifically like smart contract stuff. And I think Dyson can speak to like the product and, and tokenomics level is that read everything. If there's some like, Dgen farm you just aped into read the contract and then like read it again and like if there are any patterns you know you see that you haven't seen before study them figure out why they are that way like you know compared to people that may have been you know developing in web 2 there is a like working on smart contracts is a very high context activity in my opinion it's really good to know for instance like you know how an amm works how a lending pool works how a staking pool works you know, um, and thankfully, there are a lot of highly successful and battle tested contracts on mainnet that make these um, patterns very clear. So, you know, the best thing you can do as a builder is to also be a user and to be a curious user. That's kind of my, you know, not that this is what I give for feedback for anybody who wants to build in crypto. So, yeah, uh, yeah I guess from a non a non technical uh, setup, something I just read a thread, I was trying to find it to send the link, but I, I'll if anyone wants it, just DM me, I'll find it for you. But this is, um, I would say just like, just 
get involved in post random stuff. I, 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 the, the main sentiment of that thread I read was, uh, the only person that's going to apply for you is yourself. Uh, and I think a lot of the way this crypto space works, works is you just get noticed and then you sort of just get brought into something. And, uh, it's like a pretty open world or like, I would think our whole team, like every single core contributor on our team, just no one really, we, we, we don't really know them. Like, uh, they just started providing value and we said, Hey, do you want to work on this further? And that's sort of how it works. Um, there hasn't really been any like roles that people applied for and we interviewed them and, uh, people just post messages and there's some value in them and that's how it works out. Uh, there's a few other pro projects that I tried to get involved with and, the, the only way in which I got past sort of these general channels is you just keep on providing some sense of value and then someone will reach out or notice you and you, you get, you get asked to help a little bit further. Um, so that's my advice is just, you know, get involved and read stuff and post stuff. And if, if you want to ask, what can, what could I help with? People usually answer because everyone's overwhelmed. So I'd say go for it. Thank you for that. I, I appreciate both your answers and, uh, you know, for anyone out there is listening and you're kind of on the fence about doing something. You heard it here. Just go for it. It's the best. It's the best thing you can do. And ask a lot of questions. And uh, we have a lot of work. If anyone wants to <laughs> work on MDD, yeah. uh, DM. I mean, literally post in our general channel and say, "I want to help." We have a contributor forum, and we'd love to love to work with you. Yeah, I might even have to touch you guys up on that later on as well. <laughs> Honestly, I'd love go to for it, Alan. This is cool. Great. I know, I know we've been talking for quite a bit of time and I want to be respectful of your time. I only have a couple more questions. Do you guys have, still have time? Yeah. All right, cool. So yeah. um, first question that uh, I have is uh, there's obviously tons of different projects in kind of the incubation stage, MVP stage, you know, transitioning from, you know, or growing as we speak. What uh, projects are you most bullish on or kind of really intrigued by right now in the treasure DAO space if you have time to like utilize them because i understand that you're also building and you're probably spending a lot of time doing that as well the uh the one well maybe you could go go first kvk while i grab the link of this place but sure. the one that just launched I, uh yeah you go first i think a lot of us you know we have like a, a channel in our discord where a lot of us are pretty excited about life um mm -hmm. you know we've all you know, hatched our seeds and created our characters. And we are, you know, excited to kind of see like what new gameplay elements, um, you know, pop up there, you know, uh, a bit of an alpha leak here is, you know, we talked about things like bringing the dragon into games, slaying the dragon. Um, you know, I just encourage everybody to play the game of life. I think they're, you know, could be uh, an interesting kind of collab there in the future. Um, so that's one that, you know, we're really looking forward to. Uh, and I'm personally, you know, excited about as someone who, you know, got their seat of life and hatched it and created a character and, you know, is excited for all like the kind of the character building stuff. Yeah. yeah I'm, I'm excited about seat of life too. I only mm -hmm. had one, but uh, I got a warrior. Uh, what, what class did you get if you're playing? I get a warrior too. I never, I never uh, roll anything rare for any NFTs, but I'm happy to I'm, a warrior. I'm in that club also. I never roll anything rare either. <laughs> um, what about you, Dice? The, uh, the, the defrag project, I thought, is pretty interesting. Um, should I give context on this? Yeah, I had not heard about this one. So uh, this, I think, was posted maybe in the 
the treasure announcements channel or I'm not sure what, but um, I can send the link after. Uh, I'll read their little um, the little blurb now. This is their words, not mine. Hey, treasure fam, Defrag is building a lending protocol that will allow users to borrow using the Genesis Legions. This will not negate the Genesis Legions boost in the Atlas mine or any future mines. Defrag is doing user testing for the bridge world lending UI. Um, so you can basically uh, you know, provide an asset, an NFT, while you still earn the boost and maybe uh, you know, get some type of liquidity there. Um, and this is really interesting for me, as well as I think for the rest of the MDD team, because uh, this now means possibly a world where someone, uh, you know, gets some, you know, some some assets, some some magic, likely back for their Genesis Legion, can stake an MDD while also, you know, being in a part of a lending system. And it's, it's nice, at least for me, as someone who uh, helped bring a little bit more. Uh, DeFi into a GameFi space to see others trying to do something similar. So that that was a that was a neat little uh, a neat little thing to see. This came out I think yesterday uh, or like two days ago. Pretty pretty recent. You know I had heard uh, some kind of rumblings about that, but I didn't know the name of the project. Thank you for giving me the name. I'm going to look into that one more too. I'm I'm interested. In and and just to let everyone know, we're going to post uh, these links if uh, we're we're okay to do so. We're going to post these links in the description for everyone to look into later as well. It's more so just again what you guys have going on for the future. Um, I mean, we've probably discussed this already, but I guess just let the viewers know, you know, what's in sight for Magic Dragon. Dead, what you guys have in plans coming into the future? Maybe even want to leak a little bit of extra alpha um, to let the viewers know again something, anything special that you guys have going that might incentivize people to really want to, you know, put their uh, Put this stuff into Magic Dragon DAO, or honestly, just anything you guys want to tell us that you guys might have something special coming forward that might again really boost up just people's uh, people's sentiment towards Magic, or maybe even external communities that want to join as well. The the hype, um, I guess. Uh, well, one, we we hope the product sells itself um, from like a you know from a execution standpoint, but from an alpha standpoint, we are, I think are planning to be on the main treasure uh, AMA the 15th of, of May. And uh, right around leading up to that, we're gonna be banging out back-to-back uh, -back stuff. Uh, so uh, right around that time, we'll, we're at least attempting to have a few uh, things come out back-to-back -back there. And we, we, try to, we try to sort of uh, show, uh, don't tell. Uh, so maybe we'll hold off a little bit until we get there. I, I love that. I love that mentality though, because I think that when you announce something and then you assign a date to it or hint at a date to it and you don't deliver on that, it's it's detrimental. And one of the projects that you know we're very familiar with on this pod, but I appreciate what they're doing is Realm because whenever they kind of update or deliver, it's kind of like they announce it when they go live with it, which feels a lot more exciting than kind of the announcement of the announcement so to speak. Exactly. So uh, we're not a big fan of the, the tweeting out coming uh, uh, next week is an announcement. I don't know. So th that's yeah. not too sexy for us. So uh, I, 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 I do hope by our May, May uh, podcast time um, that we'll have uh, some nice stuff to talk about what we've been building. And I guess uh, my, my last question for you guys and Alan, if you have any follow-up questions, you're more than welcome to ask um, is, do you guys have anything you want to share with the Listeners out there, any final thoughts? Who wants to go first? I guess my final thought is that, yeah, we've, we've really tried to talk about, you know, in this podcast and in our public channels is, 
you know, we're super open. If you have questions for us, anybody can join our Discord. Anyone can stake with us. We're open um, for people that want to contribute. We're, you know, welcoming of any level of experience as a contributor. You know, if you're a, you know, new dev and you're looking for a project to get involved in, we'd love to be that project. Um, so, you know, uh, anything you want to know about MDD, pop in the Discord and ask. Um, we're super friendly. Our, you know, community people are extremely active, both in the treasure discord and in our discord. Um, and, you know, we're not trying to be like, you know, the dragon that's, you know, hiding in the cave. Um, we are, you know, out and about and talking to people and, you know, we want to hear feedback and we want to be front and center when it comes time for possible questions um, about what we're building. And, you know, we're really, really happy to chat. I have a you know pretty similar sentiment, so I won't repeat too much. But uh, yeah, we uh, we're pretty open. So if you have like a, a problem with what we're doing, crit criticism or even thanks, we, we're happy to hear it all. Uh, we read a lot of you know the Moon Boys as well as Theory Crafting, and we <laughs> we try to understand what the sentiment is, and it's helpful because uh, you know obviously there are the Todds and the Godfathers from our side who are in those channels quite a lot. But once we realize, oh maybe there was a uh, sentiment change about the you know the long-term lockers that's how we then build ideas for that so if you uh if you have you know criticisms or even uh, uh positive notes uh, do share them because that helps us ideate um because that's what we know how to do is sort of build on those ideas um so yeah that's, that's kind of okay kvk said drop drop in and chat with us we were, we're pretty happy to to hear anything except when whitelist <laughs> That's right. We, we're, we're, we, pretty, yeah. we're pretty patient around here at the Magic Hour. I, you know, I don't know about other folks, but uh, you know, I, I, I think we all understand that when you guys are building, you know, asking when it's going to happen, asking or almost demanding for like deadlines is just counterintuitive. You're not going to get actually, anywhere with we're it. We're actually happy to talk about uh, MDD stuff, but mm -hmm. uh, if you just ask us when your whitelist uh role will be that's uh i think we have like a one strike policy and then we just ban we just kick you from the discord wow we're very anti-bot uh we, we do like discussion uh i think if you even come into our general channel and you write hi you'll you'll get attacked with uh with a use the right channel we, we try to promote positive discussion it's not to be like a i don't know a clean word but uh it's not to be a rude uh we're just trying to you know um curtail a, or try to build a healthy discussion where if you come into the general channel it's actually interesting to read uh, we, yeah. we don't want it to, we don't want it to be uh high gm 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 like those those channels die out so that's that's just the idea behind it is to try to create some uh conversation that's worth reading yeah uh productive conversation yeah productive kind of. conversation yeah yeah and and i can respect that honestly i i love having a discord for the magic hour podcast but i'm gonna be honest i don't spend a lot of time in here and i don't think um there's a lot of activity for it and i hope in the future that maybe we become something like that but you know there are so many other places to get that type of conversation out there that you know there's no reason to bring it everywhere right and i can agree with what you're saying there yeah any, well, any guys, last questions you have or any uh no, tough tough no tough i think ones? i think we're good um i just wanted to say thank you very much for joining the pod 
it was great hearing you guys talk about your journey through Web3 and with Magic. And I'm really excited about what you guys are doing, about how stacked your team is, it sounds like, and you know what the future is going to bring, not just for Magic Dragon DAO, but for the Treasure DAO ecosystem as a whole. So thank you again. Uh, I really appreciate it. And with, uh, with Alum joining, it'll be super duper stacked. <laughs> but uh maybe might might just help just a tiny bit and that concludes another episode of magic hour friends if you like what you hear please like and subscribe to our youtube or spotify or apple podcasts or wherever you can listen to your podcasts you can also follow us on twitter at magic hour pod all the links are found on our link tree which is in the show notes from all of us we appreciate your support for bridge world Thank you.